Hello and welcome to Concert Pipeline. That's Yen Shippel. And that is Steve Jones. Steve. Yen. Number what? Episode 118 today. Nice. Yes. 118. Nice big number. Big number for sure. Yes, we've had a lot of bands on the podcast and uh, and and a lot of great conversations as well. And t- today is no exception to that. Awesome. So who do we got lined up? Today we have a band called Royal Canoe, and they're from the Great North. The Great White North? They're from Winnipeg, Canada. The Great White North, I'm thinking mountains, yes. It's cold, Winnipeg it certainly needs that. Definitely cold. Have you ever been to Canada, Jens? I have. I have been to Canada, eh? I've been to Canada um, several times. Um, let's go back in time just a little bit. I went to school, uh, or college, I should say, more specifically. Um, just south of the Canadian border uh, on the west side. So, uh, gosh, British Columbia. 45 minutes, yeah, maybe an hour away from Vancouver, Canada, exactly, in the great province of British Columbia. And let me tell you, Vancouver is an awesome city. What a fun place. It's beautiful. The people are super friendly. Um, You know, I was in my young college years back then, and we'd hop over the border to go to concerts. Fitting, fitting topic to talk about. Right. On this podcast, we saw uh, my friends and I back then saw a lot of you know big bands and small bands. You know back then that got big. Um, Who did you see uh, in Canada? In well, gosh, let's see. Uh, okay, don't laugh. Um, let me think. Uh, <laughs> Depeche Mode. Depeche Mode. You're uh, laughing. Depeche Mode. Saw Depeche Mode. Um, that was the. That was an amazing show. That was the their live. Uh, they had a live album, um, and that was uh, the concert for it. I mean, they didn't they didn't record the live album at that show, but that yeah, was the on the their, tour their tour for it. Yeah, oh, I wish I could remember the name of it. I can't believe I'm forgetting. But anyway, uh, awesome, awesome uh, show. I saw them at the Exciter tour. Uh, that must have been like, 2001. I want to say uh, that that I, I saw Depeche Mode. Album. Yeah, uh, it's yeah, one of their later was, ones after after they got back together, I believe. Yeah, this was before Violator, I think. Okay. Um, you know, Personal Jesus. Da, 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 da. No, it was must have been after that. Anyway, I don't know. Whatever. So I saw thing. them. Great show. Uh, you know, the best show that I saw there, Steve, was Peter Gabriel. Um, we'll never forget that, uh, because it was so energetic. It was so rhythmic, you know, and it was very kind of African, um, in the sense of, you know, the drumming that was, uh, you know, being used and the, just the sheer number of, of performers that were on stage, just the amazing talent that, uh, Peter Gabriel was able to kind of, um, you know, bring, uh, to, to that concert. It was incredible. Um, you know, he did like a twelve-minute version of "In Your Eyes," uh, which is in his, which is in his live album. Um, that was, was after "The Blood of Eden" or whatever that album is. Was um, was going to ask? Did he play any Genesis songs? No, thank goodness. Um, I was never a Genesis fan. Not a fan, huh? Yeah, I mean, uh, hate me if you want to, but I just I never liked um, Phil Collins. I just I didn't really wasn't a big fan of Phil Collins. Um, and, you know, um, uh, that's all I have to say about that. That's all you have to say about that? That's fine. That, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I saw, uh, let's see, so what other concerts did I see there? Um, uh, Toad the Wet Sprocket. Okay. Big deal back then. Yep. And 
Um, so tell me about crossing the border. Is it an, when you live near there? Is it an easy process, or is it? Uh, are there challenges? Did did any? There are there are challenges. Yeah, I haven't been there in forever, so I don't know if it's changed at all. But there's a secret little side, you know, way you can go. You so you snuck on, through a gate. I snuck through a gate. Yes, there. You know, there's no wall up there, so you can sneak through a little gate. Unlike you know what Mexico might look like in the future, but there is a definitely going to be a wall, yeah. a big wall. They're going to pay for it. I know, I know. I know. Right. And then, you know. I don't want to get into politics here, but you know, the big criticism behind the wall was it's going to uh, delay Mexicans from leaving the country. Mm. Um, <laughs> wow. Anyway, whatever. So uh, back to the point. Um, so if you take I-5 north uh, to Canada, you get stuck. I mean, it's gridlocked. Um, if you're lucky, you get to wait 20 minutes maybe. If not, you know, you're in there for an hour and a half, two hours. Uh, but to the right, so to the east, there is another, um, there is another, what do you call it? Customs, toll, whatever. Okay. Another pass. <laughs> and I don't know why it's there. It might just be for trucks or something, but anybody can go through. It's just not well known. And that's a pretty, you know, it's, a, it's pretty easy to go through. Hey, when was the last time? Because is, now that everything's on the internet, is this one of those, hey, secrets, if you want to get to Canada, you can sneak yeah, through this. If you want to get to Canada. This is how you do it. Yeah, I don't know if this applies for going for leaving Canada, but it certainly applies for going there. At least it did back in the early to mid nineties. Mm -hmm. So um, I think it's the last exit before you hit Canada. Um, you just go east, and it, I don't know what the sign is. It might be you know border customs for trucks or something. Uh, maybe not. Maybe it's an unmarked you know dark road that takes you you know into these places that you're scared of so you don't want to go down there i don't know why there. i don't you know essentially i don't know why there aren't a million cars at this uh at this border well now uh, now that it's been exposed on concert pipeline everybody knows about it right? everyone's so. going to be there yeah there are going to be more cars there at that stop than there will be on, on the main drag on i-5 yes um so yeah so good experience in canada i've never been um as you've got to go you've oh. got to go i've also been to banff national park you've got to go there um whether you like or don't like camping uh amazing 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 but just remember it's really cold so if you don't go in the summer bundle up bring a jacket huh yeah bring several Excellent. Um, well, I, yeah, I am about a week away from traveling. I, we talked about it before. I don't travel much, but um, I am Washington D.C. Right? Yes, and uh, against my will, but um, I've accepted it at this point, and um, and it's all right. Um, it's all right. It'll be fine. Uh, I'm going for uh, my cousin's wedding, who I haven't seen since. Um, actually, I've seen him once since my own uh, wedding. And uh, he was in the Bay Area and came to my son's birthday party or something, ah. his first birthday. So, uh -huh. um, so, that, so I saw him then. So I guess it was less than two years ago. But I don't have a lot of family. But uh, all the family I do have is on the East Coast, and I never really see them. So going for that and going to, uh, you know, be there for a week with uh, with my mom and sister and my kids, and. Uh, well yeah. I mean, I think that's exciting. I think that, you know, um, in terms of, you know, you're saying you're going against your will, but um, there are a lot of really, really cool things in Washington, D.C., whether you're into politics or not. Um, almost everyone likes history. You know, I, I think the kids especially are going to get a lot out of it. Um, you know, it's just a matter of you're going to be in your mom. I'm, I'm 
am I talking about your mom and dad role? You're going to be, well, I guess so. You're going to kind of be in your mom and dad role. <laughs> yeah. And um, you're going to have to, uh, uh, you know, show them around. And that's, you know, exhausting to do in the city where, um, you know, kids can be easily overwhelmed. And Washington, D.C. is definitely one of those places. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there, there will be stuff to do and, and everything. It'll it'll definitely be it'll be fine. Uh, but I was strong armed into it. And um, and so, yeah, and I get I get to stay on a plane with the kids for, I don't know, uh, six hours or whatever it takes to get there. That's wild. Now, now, the kids have been with you on the plane before, they, they have right? to, but it wasn't a long flight like that. Seattle was much shorter uh, than Washington, D.C., and it was a one one stop you know flight are you drinking beer of course without me <laughs> well why don't you go grab one you still have that one i put in your fridge it's still there yes because it's a two-person beer otherwise i'm drinking myself under the table when, when i have kids Drink or something slowly have all day just keep it cool just just have it right by my desk right yeah 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 uh-huh, well, you can drink a strong beer like that just you know drink slowly uh-huh yeah and uh yeah so that was a shorter uh flight and uh and the flight i mean there's a stop we don't have to on the way there we don't have to get off but there's a a stop and then um and then getting back to the getting and then we get back up in the air right so it's it's going to be some time and i'm kind of adverse to gluing them to the ipad for hours at a time i'm just not that guy i don't uh, I, I don't like putting it in front of them. I will have the iPad, uh, and um, and I'm sure it will come out. But I'm going to try and entertain them else uh, elsewise with um, other activities. That's good. That's good. So, what kind of activities would you um, would you you know introduce to the kids? I have a koosh ball. Uh, we have a koosh ball. Okay. Uh, I don't even know what that is. What's a koosh ball? Is that like a hacky sack? It, it, no, but yeah, but yeah, a hacky sack would be great to bring onto a plane. Yes. Uh, <laughs> hey, I can't say I've ever seen kids, you know, hacky sacking in the aisle. There might plane, be a reason for that. But I've never seen on any sign that clearly says, you know, you cannot bring, you know, guns, bombs, and hacky sacks. So maybe. Maybe, right? No, it's a little, just a little ball with little tentacles off of it, really. Uh, uh, got that. Uh, an activity book for my daughter She's that she'll bring. Uh, I'll probably get a magnet set. A Mr. Potato Head I think I'm going to buy. I think that's a good thing for playing for the kid. Um, and I don't know much besides that. I have no idea. I have to start looking like now, I guess. But yeah. you know, what? I feel bad now because I usually don't pay attention to what kids are doing on planes. I usually just try to ignore the screaming ones. You're supposed and to be look, take make taking notes for me, ends. Come on. I should be taking notes. I know. And I feel like I'm a really bad friend because I could have been taking notes and seeing what you know. Um, what good parenting behavior is on a plane, right? So. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm thinking kids are coloring or they're, you know, reading or they're you know, doing something uh, creative that doesn't involve, you know, brain death behind a computer screen. So, yeah. So, I, I, you know, I, I either need to release up my game and decide what I'm going to figure out what I'm going to bring, start packing the backpack now or become comfortable with the fact that they're going to be plugged in. <laughs> I got it. I got it. I got it. Yep. You're gonna to have to smuggle these in because I don't think you're allowed to oh. bring in. I don't think you're allowed to bring in liquids, but soap bubbles. Yeah. Soap bubbles on an airplane. I mean, 
Who doesn't love bubbles, Jens? Who doesn't love bubbles? Everybody loves bubbles, right? I, I mean, don't think TSA loves bubbles. I don't think no TSA loves complain. it. Yeah, I don't know. I would bring some anyway. Just bring a cheap bottle and, you know, make the argument about how um, happy everyone is going to be on the plane uh -huh. and how great, you know, people's, uh, you know, level of um, customer satisfaction are going to be. Oh, because yes. there aren't any screaming kids on that plane, right? Everyone's like, yeah, so bubbles, everybody was fine. There were yeah, I'm sure you can uh, really haggle with TSA and, uh, and, uh, Really, really, kind of uh, show them the benefit of me bringing these items that are not allowed on planes onto planes. Yeah, it's okay, a great fine. idea. I'm, I'm reaching. I'm reaching. Yeah, well, it, it'll happen one way or another. I, I just have to get on it and uh, start preparing. So, yeah, I got to do it. Anyway, <laughs> do it. You, you know what else we got to do? We got. We got an interview coming up. We do. We got some music to listen to. We do. We have music news coming up. We have all this and more coming up. And more. All right. What do we got next? Well, so it's time to bring uh, Royal Canoe on into the uh, into the concert pipeline studio. And uh, before we do, um, let me t uh, tell you a little bit about the show. They played at Davis um, at this uh, Thai restaurant out on a, uh, a patio. Uh, if you've ever been to Davis, uh, California, it's um, a, it's a total college town. I mean, there uh, there are bikes everywhere. Total, uh, there are um, fraternities and uh, all of that all around. I mean, it's total college town. So, that, so I think that was the audience they were going for um, with their next stop uh, being San Francisco. And uh, so, interviewed him, the, the lead singer of. Uh, Royal Canoe, Matt Peters at uh, at the show, and uh, we're gonna check that out in just a moment. Before we do, you know what we gotta do? We gotta play a song by Royal Canoe so you can get a little taste of what uh, what you're in for, right? Sounds good. Let's give our listeners a taste so that they have a feel for the music, and then uh, let's maybe launch into the interview shortly after that. Sounds good. This is Somersault by Royal Canoe. Shots blow off, it's fast, let it run to the hall alone. 
Here with Matt Peters from Royal Canoe. Matt, how are you doing today? I'm doing really well. How are you? Hey, excellent. And we are in Davis, uh, California, at Sophia's. Yes, yeah, sitting in our van on the street. <laughs> we are. And, and the coo- uh, have you been to Davis before? This is my first time. Okay. The cool thing about Davis, I, I think you've probably already gathered it, but uh, we're surrounded by easily two dozen bicycles. Like everybody's got a bike. Right? Yeah, it's great. Yeah, so I mean, you're you're an outcast if you're driving. So. <laughs> Is that us then? I, I think uh, I think so. You guys should have actually biked to the show. Yeah, it was just like that would only be like I think like a forty hour bike from LA. As nothing. Why right? not? <laughs> Why not? It's our gear. Just pretend you're doing one of those uh, AIDS rides or something, right? Right. <laughs> do you ever like to bike or? Uh, I do. Yeah, like I I am a guilty car owner back at home but um i have a a bike that gives me no excuses that i should bike far more often and uh yeah it's just always so tricky with trying to figure out like if i'm sleeping at my house or my girlfriend's where's the car going where's my bike where am i parking these are like the most first world first world problems that one could ever have but um yeah, I do bike, and I w- but I wish I I always wish I biked more. Yeah. Now, now you told me uh, eight people in the van. Eight people in the van right now. It's usually seven, but um, Derek's uh, partner is with us for uh, a few days. Okay. Okay. Excellent. And uh, and so, how is the atmosphere when you guys are, are driving? You guys get along pretty well. Or? Yeah. I I you know what we do. I think it's uh, there's you know your requisite amount of like 
small scale, small level personality clashing, but really like we're, we're lucky. I think that's the only reason that we're still a band now six years later is that everyone has sort of found, you know, a way to get along with each other and, and, and you know, for better or worse, endure each other's little foibles. And, um, yeah. And so, for example, today I was in the very, very back of the van. I don't know if you can see it from where you are, but there's okay. a little, uh, there's a little lay down sort of chill out zone called the den. The I don't den. know why okay. it's been called that, but it's been dubbed the den. And so I was just sort of laying there and, you know, you find your ways to kind of like get, you know, distance yourself from whatever's going on. But at the end of the day, you're in a small room with seven people yeah. with wheels. <laughs> do, do, you, uh, do you take turns in the den? Uh, we do. Oh, yeah. Everyone sort of tries to kind of take... Right now, you're sitting in what we what we term mania. Okay. So it's the worst seat in the van. You are in the worst seat in the van. <laughs> Sorry, man. How did I get stuck in How did you get stuck in mania? I don't know. You just kind of sat there. Mania sometimes chooses you, though. So oh, okay. I don't know. You're you're there now. Uh, and it's just the worst because there's not really any foot room, uh-huh. and there's no armrest, and there's no place to, like, lean your head. Yeah. And so you just kind of, like, go manic. Uh, as the hours drag on and then next thing you know you're like strangling the person next to you or something you guys pretty comfortable leaning on each other and drooling and that sort of thing yeah I guess yeah <laughs> <laughs> you're like no not at all need elbow room for yeah sure. some of it I don't know yeah you, you, you just figure out a way to make it work I don't know if 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 being in close quarters with other humans uh, is 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 a thing that you're not into, then you yeah. shouldn't be in a band because at some point, like we've all been doing it long enough that I'm I get we have must all have a high tolerance, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So uh, so how did you guys get together? I know Bucky and the other Mad have been playing for like 15 years together. Yeah, um, it's the uh, it kind of uh, you know we had all like you said we'd all sort of been in other projects and um this band started as like in in a weird way kind of started as like this little recording project i have but then quickly evolved into what what royal canoe is now and so the very first incarnation of it sort of like this was just a live representation of these of this little album that i had made and then when we had worked at it long enough as a as a live band and we had sort of like started trying to get creative together we realized that that side of things was so much better than just playing these old songs and uh and so that quickly kind of escalated and we and we started working on the record that became today we're believers and um and that you know we toured that for a few years and then and then now we're on to the the current record which is called something got lost between here and the orbit and so that now it really feels i mean even on the last, at last record it felt like it but now it really feels like its own completely separate thing yeah and so that initial album that you had made that was co-op mode is that right? yeah that's correct so so tell me kind of uh you had made that for yourself and- yeah just like writing songs with friends i like collaborating um and I didn't really think about it when I was making it, like that I would ever play it live or even release it. But then it just kind of came up as an option, and then, um, yeah, it was it was something that was very low key. Um, I still I still really in, enjoy the record, but it was not something I was really thinking about a lot, and it wasn't a lot of intention put into it while it was being made. Whereas on this new record, we're in a place where we're sort of afforded that in you know space for intention, like time and and like 
and uh, just like a good recording environment and all the things that you can that you need to sort of give yourself the opportunity to do something that you're really proud of and that you can you can really put yourself behind yeah now uh, for those that uh, haven't heard you guys uh, how would you classify your band because you're kind of <laughs> you're, you're out there a little bit um you're unique and kind of eclectic and different. i don't know like i i whenever someone asks me that question i always just can't i'm not the first what <laughs> I just can't think of a good answer. It's so lame. I wish like it, it's the kind of thing where someone should say like, if you can't describe your art, you should just stop doing it. <laughs> so maybe I should just put, drop the mic and last leave, show but, yeah. tonight here in Davis. If you're not here, you're not. yeah, this is the last show. We're breaking up. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I, I've never had a I've never had a good kind of like clean answer for that. Yeah. Um, I guess in some ways we straddle a few different genres. Um, I think on this new record we've we uh, like on I should, I should backtrack a bit and say on the previous record um today we're believers i think we were sort of a little bit more all over the place um there were just we were exploring op options really yeah. in a way because we were writing songs together for the first time and just sort of getting comfortable getting our feet wet and um uh, on this new record i think we sort of more focused on the the heavier hip-hop sort of studier grooves from today we're believers and um and you know maybe some there's there's some r&b dare i say sexy vibes from time to time that uh we probably weren't confident enough to do on the last record um yeah and i mean if i was going to describe the 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 sound maybe a better thing is just to sort of paint the picture of our live show so we have we have two drummers we have an acoustic drummer and an electronic drum set um then there's uh bass with like bass synth pretty much have every stupid little trick in the book we yeah. have uh um yeah bucky plays guitar uh and then matt plays keyboards he's got three synths and i have three i have two keyboards as well and um so there's a lot of options at our fingertips yeah and um i think when we're in the recording phase we're not really really we're not really thinking of any sort of limitation because in the live context we can sort of do everything because there's enough of us and so there's not that fear of like how are we going to do this i mean there is in that like but by the time we're kind of getting ready to go on tour and trying to figure out how to play the songs live because we, ne we don't really ever know how to play them live before yeah. we before we tour at that point there's always that like oh god how is do we have enough arms here and then you know invariably we somehow figure out how to put the jigsaw puzzle together um but yeah i think that that sort of over over time we we are afforded that luxury of not really worrying about how we're going to do it live because we have a, enough people in the band yeah and so i understand there's this giant excel spreadsheet that you guys use that has like every note on it or, or something right well like, we yeah like we we kind of you know, in a way, need some of those little uh, help, helpful organizational tools sometimes to kind of keep track of everything. Because and you write for each other too, like right. So you're not always like writing your own. Yeah, you're not always writing your own parts. Yeah. There's a lot of it's it's a lot of writing by you know committee, and um, you know you might be inspired by a keyboard thing or a drum part, and and so no one we we kind of all know we're all comfortable enough as in our position in the band where no one's like like really protective about like yeah. you can't touch my guitar man like there's not a lot of that sort of macho crap in our band we're all comfortable in our own skins and 
and we all are looking for you know the end result being as good as it can be yeah. and no matter what that means yeah so do a lot of you play multiple instruments and yeah yeah we all we all kind of tinker on most things um i think especially like you know keyboards are fun but i think if all i had were that or all i had was a guitar or a bass or something i feel like i would get kind of bored yeah. so I th it's nice to have nice to be able to feel like you can grab anything and just kind of fool around and see what happens yeah so what was it that made you want to start uh music in the first place huh i don't know i don't know if they're like i think it's always been in my family and i mean obviously music is the sort of thing that i think you just it's everywhere you can't really escape it and um growing up a lot of my fr friends were starting bands and i i was taking piano lessons and guitar lessons and stuff like that because i was really drawn to it and uh and then i don't know if i ever really thought that this is what i would do but years later now i mean it seems like it was always inevitable i just didn't really realize it at the time yeah so i went to you know i went to university and did that whole thing but the whole time there was this there were bands that i was in and projects that i was involved in and i i feel like for me at least um i need that creative outlet i need to have some way of expressing myself where i get really cranky and uncomfortable like awkward to be around it just um yeah, it's one of those things where it's like a sort of a, as much of a necessity as a desire, like an addiction in a way, Yeah, I think. And I don't know if that's a good thing, but that's just sort of, sort of how I've always felt about it, where I've, if I go long stretches without being creative, I start to just feel lost and, and anchorless. And I don't know, there's something something missing. And then I, I go back and in the second that I can make something and it, whether it's writing or music or whatever it could be second where I'm able to like dig down and, and realize oh yeah it's because there's all these there's these th abstract thoughts and feelings inside of me that I need to let let go and and figure out and piece together and uh, I find that with writing and, and music you know there, there's things that unless you really put the time into to like trying to understand how you feel about something it can kind of lurk inside of you for a while you know yeah. and uh and that's something that music and and any kind of creative exercise i think it really relieves that tension yeah now you had mentioned uh university did you go to uh did you study music in university i actually studied or? history what did you <laughs> want to do with that I had no idea. It <laughs> was something you felt like it, it was kind to. of like your classic sort of vanity liberal yeah. arts degree. I don't know. I didn't really, didn't really know what I was going to do. But I, I was. I'm always been like hungry for learning, and I wanted to keep keep going with school. Yeah. And then I think you know that time between like 18 and 21 or whatever, you're really yeah. figuring a lot of shit out. And I think that that was that was that period for me where I didn't. I didn't know how serious I was really at anything. Yeah. You know, and then it, as time passed, I realized like how important music was to me and how I, I needed to do that. Yeah. So the, the song Button Fumbler, I heard that took like uh, hundreds of hours. Is that accurate? Oh, yeah. I'd say. <laughs> yeah, that, that sounds like a that sounds like a stupid brag or something. But like, honestly, all of our songs take a lot of time because we're I think we're we don't really know what they are for such a long for such a long period where we're and we're making lots of mistakes and we're we're trying out a hundred different sections and parts um yeah the the recording and you know 
honestly if if we were the kind of band who if wrote most of our music more with like harmony like where we just sat down with a piano or guitar or whatever i think that it would be an easier um i don't know if it'd be easier i think it would just take less time there'd be more like okay we have this now you do this or i'll do this now because this is there and there's there's less obvious kind of reactive creative work that goes on it's 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 more like exploring like what what could we possibly do that would sound unique to us in this section and so you know that's what that's sort of what takes all the time so yeah i guess that song probably did have did take 100 hours and, i don't know and so is it to get to the point where you're like okay this is exactly what we want it to be or is it okay we have a little more of okay we have to put this time's up i know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think it i think it's more the former i think it's like you know it's never perfect there's always yeah. things you're like ah, i wonder if that could be better or do we do we like that lyric <laughs> you know i mean that's always there but i but because of how we work on the computer and it's more of like an um our creative process more it's more like orchestrative if that's a word than it is just like um you know a whole bunch of people getting together and jamming and seeing what happens and so um i think because of that we have the time to really like try an idea out to its fullest and explore it as far as we can take it and then if it works if it works it works and if it doesn't you know you try something else and if and for the songs that have sort of failed and there have been like tens and tens of like i don't know or maybe a hundred songs that have just been terrible that failed i mean we're we're trying not to put those ones out yeah yeah (laughs) so yeah if it ever gets if it ever i guess what i'm that's my way of saying if it ever got to the point of of like okay time's up and if we didn't like it we just wouldn't release it oh good okay yeah that's that's cool and that's you know admirable I'd say so maybe I don't know <laughs> well it's, it, you know it's Im- it's important to not put out work that you're not proud of yeah right? so. and I think that goes for everything like one you know we're we're pretty involved with our visual side like the videos and the and pictures and photos all the website all the stuff that goes on that is a big part of the presentation of what yeah. you do you know most people watch a video and they listen to the song and that's like oh that's who that is yeah you know i mean obviously a lot of people will also listen to the album and really like immerse themselves immerse themselves in that but uh yeah that i i think you you really need to leave your imprint on every part of what you're doing as yeah. an artist i think and so I th- the quality control we try to extend that through everything it, it and that makes for a lot of work and like headaches and i know just before this tour we felt like we were stretching ourselves out so thin because we were finishing like two different videos and and trying to get ready for this big hometown release show that we did back in winnipeg which was a lot of fun but uh yeah you just you you, you know and and we're you know we're pretty involved in like the day-to-day management stuff too and so it's easy to just stretch yourself out and you're suddenly like oh boy we have to go on tour now too oh oh my god right. how's this gonna happen <laughs> are we gonna are we, can we survive and it always works out in the end yeah and uh yeah it always works out in the end yeah and, and so speaking of videos the, the bathtubs music video is really unique and cr- uh, creative tell me about the process of kind of coming up with that that's one i like yeah uh, we worked with a, a, a good friend of ours named nathan Bowie, and he did uh the first video off the new record as well called somersault and yeah he's awesome 
really creative guy and he's a really um really like uh just smooth collaborator someone that we can we can work well with who we can team up together and help develop ideas and then he's really good at executing and them and we're really good at helping execute and and uh and he's his like a special effects genius like he can do anything it's yeah yeah, and and that's something too that we've we need and depend on, and and sort of has become something that and is very evident to us more now than ever that we uh, we need you know we need uh, friends and we need people the community that we have in Winnipeg is just so important to helping us pull off these sorts of things and and uh, and without that I mean half the stuff would never never happen and especially you really realize that when you're doing videos because yeah. videos are so expensive and if you paid everyone what they were worth you would have to you know i don't know we could never do we never just with like a weird animated stick figure drawing or something right <laughs> yeah so talk to me about uh working with uh ben allen uh and uh, uh on the on your newer album yeah he was uh he's this uh, amazingly talented man based in atlanta and um this record we um he he was he stayed in Atlanta. We stayed in Winnipeg. We did everything remotely. Oh wow! Which was an interesting way of working. Uh, but I think it was the right it was it was the right way for us to work with a producer, especially on this album because we had taken the songs quite a long you know way through their development at at the point we started working with him, and so um, and we had a kind of a comfortable creative environment back home where we were working on them and so i it probably wouldn't have worked for him to either come here or us to go there for the actual recording it made more sense to just you know bounce ideas back and forth and so we would work on something send it to him and he would give us some ideas bounce them back to us and you know and he really yeah he challenged us in in ways that i think were like was really productive for us and really helpful and and pushed us to do things that we might not have done otherwise and um yeah so he was amazing to work with and he also mixed the record and he's so good at that and we went out there for for like i don't know a bunch of bunch of the mixing process and went to atlanta and and uh sat in on the mix and yeah he was amazing to work with all the way through yeah and so you got you guys had your equipment stolen uh, at one point you're one of those bands that yeah it's happened too and it's, uh, it sucks and so tell me about that and how you kind of pick up and move forward from yeah you know most of our equipment that was stolen were our laptops which for our band is sort of everything yeah um, we don't use them on stage but we use them for all of our creative work and yeah, it was really really crappy it taught us a lesson about not leaving stuff in vehicles and um yeah it was it was just the worst time that it could have happened to but we again just being grateful for the community you have we did like a kickstarter campaign and and like within 24 hours people had rallied and we had all of our stuff back which was amazing amazing it was yeah it just it was an incredible incredibly like i don't want to say humbling because i hate when people say humbling it was just we were very honored to to have that sort of support and and i think that and and that we just felt so grateful that people cared enough to like want to like chip in 50 bucks or whatever it was some people chipped in way more than that and it was so mind-blowing um yeah so it, that that and it's terrible that 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 happens but obviously there's people out there who are desperate and i mean it sucks but that's just the way the world works sometimes do you have like everything saved in the cloud now just in case <laughs> yeah no i have backups, backups i definitely backups, have backups right? totally 
Yeah, it's a it's a tough lesson, you know, to to learn because you're like, ah, oh, you know, I don't. Especially now when you like think about the digital medium, you know, where everything is just zeros and ones, yeah. and like, uh, there's just so much of the things you care about are now f- stored in that. Yeah, format. digital. Yeah, ig- exactly. Like I, I I have thousands. I have two kids, and I have thousands and thousands of pictures. And yeah, it's just like okay, if something ever. I mean. I, I don't go back to them a lot often, but I mean, but if if I didn't have that to kind of look back on, it'd be like it'd be devastating. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. totally. You take for granted, take it for granted. I guess is what I'm saying. And, and like as as we're storing things in like the cloud, how protected is that? How secure is that? Yeah, you know, is 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 are like is Team Google still going to care about those photos in 50 years? I know you you wonder right? Okay, because you're like okay, I'll put this on Facebook, and then I, you know, I don't. Uh, it'll be there, right? But then it could it could be in five years it goes. The way of MySpace and everything's totally. gone, right? Like all the pictures out of MySpace, or someone hacks it and <laughs> just deletes everything, you know? Exactly. So, you know, whole world of things can happen. We, we're investing a lot in the digital age, but it's what we it's what we do. At. And I mean, like in in some ways, it gives us a lot of advantages. Like yeah. just with how we work on music, it's very important that we have computers and being able to do this album like you did with ben, with ben right? yeah like you, back you wouldn't have been able to do it the same way no absolutely not totally and i and i think that like just how we how we affect sounds and and the and the way that we layer music and how how that creative um, process you know will affect the end result it's it's everything like without that we would not be a band. We would not, the songs wouldn't sound anything like they sound. Like if you just yeah. put us all in front of a bunch of instruments, I'm like, okay, right, we're a new song. I mean, we're all like, you know, we could, we could do something that would be, that would be like, probably sound like us, but it wouldn't be, it wouldn't, wouldn't have the same um, heart and soul that we find, I think, by working on the computer, which feel, sounds so weird to say, but yeah. it's just, bec- it's become as much of an instrument as anything else that we use. Yeah, did did you grow up in Winnipeg? Yeah, I grew up in a town outside of Winnipeg. Yeah. And so tell me about that and kind of the music scene there and. Yeah, and Winnipeg's great. Winnipeg's amazing. It's it's uh, it's a community of uh, I don't know. It's like what six hundred fifty thousand people, and the arts the art scene is, the art scene is very um, inclusive and tightly knit, and everyone helps each other out, and is very supportive. And it it's not just like film people hanging with film people and music people hanging with music people which you know maybe in a larger community a larger scene you might see more of that yeah in uh in winnipeg there's it's people are just willing to kind of rally around the 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 winnipeg thing yeah you know because and 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 it's not just in the art scene either it's like the whole city because it gets so cold there in winter and and all you really have are each other and you're so isolated in the middle of northern north america there's you know the nearest city is like six hours away eight hours away minneapolis and that isolation can can get to you and so i think we i think we cope with things like you know music and our and 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 stuff like that and we also cope with each other and that that sense of being together and and uh that community is is really important to everyone there yeah. So as we kind of wind down, what do uh, what do you like to do when you're on the road? Um, where are the places you like to go, and and do you even have time to kind of step out and like you're going to be in San Francisco tomorrow? You have time to. We know we got a couple of days off in San Francisco. I think that'll be yeah. that'll be nice. We, you know, we try to 
one thing that we've learned, and and I think we've learned this from more so from other bands, just hearing stories, is it's just trying to like when you're on the road, do things, do things. Mm-hmm. Don't just sit sit down in the van until you get to the venue, and then get out and eat and then play the show and then go sleep and then just do that again you have to especially on your days off you have to find activities and things that you would do like almost like it's a vacation from time to time yeah like activities we might do a wine tasting why not you know why not <laughs> yeah you have fun and 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 still like you got to enjoy it like i've been doing it now i've been doing this sort of touring thing for almost 15 years not straight but yeah on and off and i that's a I still really love it I love traveling I love meeting new people I love going to places I've never been to Davis this seems like a really cool cool town and and I think that as long as I have that as long as it still feels like as long as I still enjoy that part of it then I'm gonna just keep on doing it yeah and uh, I know for some people they can't stand it there's just like oh you're in a new place every day <laughs> you barely get to you barely get to scratch the surface and you go somewhere else yeah and that's how it is sometimes but other times you really you get to go back and you meet people that you've never would have met in any other circumstance and and you can sort of get a free pass into a scene when you go to a new town if yeah. you're you know on tour and that's great as well like there's a lot of a lot of great things that come with it as, as as much as you know half of it does suck you know you have to you have to kind of enjoy the things that suck too yeah exactly you know like and, and it doesn't mean you have to love them and be like yeah I'm I'm sitting beside someone who's farting and I it's like a hundred thousand degrees in this van and I have a and I have a cold and I have to load out this van up three flights of stairs and then play to a show is anyone gonna be there like you don't have to love every single bit of that but there has to be some you have to like find ways to get enjoyment out of the the minutiae the things that aren't in like immediately and obviously satisfying yeah and yeah. I th- and I think we've all learned in this band we've all learned that in some way yeah got to be a reason to keep doing it and you have to like exactly. what you're doing right totally yeah excellent well, Matt thanks for taking the hey, time today hey thank you man that was a lot of fun that was the interview with Royal Canoe thanks Matt for taking the time to chat in your van for eight people eight people are traveling in this van um, as they're on the tour right now so it's a pretty tight quarter Jens that sounds pretty tight. Were they parked down by the river? They were living in a van down by the river. Yes. <laughs> yes. Every time somebody says van, I, I always go back to that SNL sketch. That's so funny. Yes. Chris Farley so is, a, is a genius, sir. So uh, did you actually get to see the van? I was in the van. You the, were in the van. Of course. That's what you said. So was it one of those scary windowless vans or was it like a... You know, yeah, it was a creeper nice van, Jens. Uh, it, <laughs> it was actually an ice cream truck. We were in the back of an. I don't know why they were driving an ice cream truck, uh, but we were in the back of the ice cream See, truck. I love that. And kid, kids kept coming up, and you know, I, we had to keep pausing the interview to let the kids come in, and they just never left. I don't, I don't know what happened. I, you know, I didn't ask any questions about that. I was focused I totally, on the music. I totally believe you right now. Yeah, that's what happened, Jens. Yeah, I'm gullible, so I I, compl- I can visualize exactly how this is happening. Steve with his microphone trying to interview this band, eight people in the van, and there are all these there's a line of kids wanting, you know, mint chocolate chip. I want a chocolate bar. I'll give you a chocolate bar. <laughs> Get out of here, kid. Busy. Right. right. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. Uh, no, it, it was a it, it was more of a band van. 
Uh, well, uh, just a, a cargo type van, right? Where where you have like four rows of seats. They had a, um, an area in the back where you, they took turns sleeping uh, and uh, traveling the road, traveling uh, traveling the the great south of Winnipeg. <laughs> <laughs> well, cool. Well, good yes. for them. Yes, exactly. I, I, I've never done a, a van trip like that. Um... I mean, I've never, I've done road trips, but I've never, uh, you know, done a road trip with a bunch of people uh, where you're, I guess you all get to know each other really, really well. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Yeah, I, I couldn't imagine just being with the same eight people for, you know, months. And I mean, I figure you'd get on each other's nerves, but they, they seem to do it. And I mean, it's a real test for bands to be able to stick yeah. it out, to be... Yeah. That in that tight of quarters, so and that's where stories are made too. You know, that's where memories are formed, stories are made, maybe songs are written. Exactly. <clears throat> um, something cool about the band also, um, they're they have two drummers, um, a, a, a regular drummer and then an electro, uh, electronic drummer, and they play simultaneously. Yeah. Um, wow. Yeah. How does and, that work? Uh, well, they're both they're playing their drums again. Ele- uh, electronic drums are a little bit different, but um, they're electronic drummer is named michael jordan so. no way i bet he gets a lot of comments about that i'm no i'm sure i would have been the first if i talked to him you know <laughs> what who who right. michael no i don't know I'm not familiar not familiar you don't look that tall right no so um, um yeah interesting yeah so uh so we have another song by royal canoe that we're going to check out here Okay, wait, before you get into that, I mean, you know how uh, you can have, like, dueling pianos? You know, you can yeah. have, like, dueling pianos. You think they do that? Well, yeah, actually. Talk they, about that, like, dueling drums? They had uh, three keyboardists also. Um, so the lead singer, Matt, is playing keyboards. There's another Matt in the band that uh, plays keyboards. And then um, and then Brendan also plays uh, keyboards. So they, they had some of that going on as well. Lots of keyboard action. And what, like... Uh, one of their keyboardists had like three tiers of keyboards. So. Whoa, that's like the the guitar with two necks, except it's a keyboard with. You know, yeah, so there's three. never enough keyboards uh, in Royal Canoe. Okay, so I feel like Royal Canoe had a hard time figuring out like who the best keyboardist was. So they were like, "Fuck it, we're just gonna have these three people." Everybody, you're <laughs> all, all in. Awesome. Yes. We're all, we're all gonna play together. You're all in. You're all in. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> Um, and so the song that we're going to play here um, on the podcast is called Hold On to the Metal. Let's check it out, shall we? Good. Hey there, I am Matt. I am from Royal Canoe, and you are listening to Concert Pipeline. Yeah. 
Hold on to the metal by Royal Canoe. And um, you need to hold on to your seats because we're going to move into our next segment here. Jens, what segment is it? It is Music News. That's right. 
Uh, we have a, a lot of great stories today. You have some. I have some. We will uh, battle it out between our stories and uh, and inform you on what's going on in the, the music world right now. So um, I'll hit the first one since we have an odd number of stories. And uh, first story I have, Jens, is uh, going country, okay? Um, when you think country. Going country. I'm all ears. Yeah, when you think country, who do you think who do you think of? Well, you know, I think of a couple of artists. Um, the first one that came to mind just now is Willie Nelson. Nope, not not who the story's about. Okay, I didn't think so. So, uh, so the next one is going to be Kenny Rogers. Nope, not who the story's okay. about. Okay, so I bet you it's about that one guy who was so huge, uh, whose name I ups, you know, totally forgot. Um, it's not Dwight Yoakam. Nope. It's it's that guy who's like sold more country albums than anyone. And that's what this story is about. Great job, Jens. You you hit the nail on the head. Garth Brooks. Yes. Garth Brooks. Yes. Garth Brooks. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, he was actually in uh, the Bay Area this past week, um, and so he was already America's best-selling solo artist. Um, but that's not enough, right? That's never enough. Uh, no, you gotta, you gotta, you know, that's a starting point for a lot of people. Yeah, he's really an up-and-coming artist, and uh, the Recording Industry Association of America announced last Wednesday uh, that Brooks's 2007 "The Ultimate Hits" has sold 10 million copies. Do you know what it's called when a, an album sells 10, 10 million copies yet? 10 million copies. Yeah, it has um, a name. It's. 10 platinum, whatever 10 is in Roman. So, so, yeah, something like that. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, uh, it's forever, okay? Uh, that, that's, a, that's a clue. It's called forever? No, no. Oh, uh, Infinity. Diamond. Uh, it's, called Infinity a, diamond? it's called a diamond album when it sells 10 million copies. Oh, it's a diamond. Yes. They didn't use the word infinity? They did not. And that would have been cooler. Infinity. Infinity album. Yes. So wait a minute. So so if you apply that to marriage, if you've been married for 10 years, does that mean forever? Like a diamond? Is that your 10th I, year anniversary I think ten, if you're married for 10 million years, then, then, it, then <laughs> Can you get a diamond? Then, then it's diamond. Jesus. <laughs> it's a diamond wedding. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I wouldn't want to be that old. <laughs> I wouldn't marry that long. Undead or something, vampire. I wouldn't want to be married that long. Uh, Oh God, whether that'd be worse. That that would be hell. That would be living in hell. Yeah. So the the two CD compilation with bonus DVD of music videos, uh, his joint now joined his six previous Diamond albums. Jens, uh, No Fences, Garth Brooks, uh, Double Live, Sevens, The Hits, and uh, Rope in the World. So uh, he has seven Diamond albums now, which. Uh, officially surpasses the Beatles, who have six diamond releases. That's just wrong. I'm sorry. That's just. Well, I don't know. It's a different yeah. world now. You know, people have a lot more access to music. Yeah, uh, but I don't think album sales. Than... I think album sales, if if they're depending upon how it's tracked, right? I mean, no one's really buying CDs anymore or albums, so I don't know uh, how that's kind of incorporated, but. Um, the Fab Four outrank him in total number of certified units, but um, Trisha Yearwood, his wife, announced this at the Fresno show um, just this uh, just this past week. So, wow, you know what? If I was, I don't want to say if I was Garth Brooks, but if I was someone who was about to surpass the Beatles in anything, I would stop. I would be like, okay. We're done. I'm getting really close. Do, do not, not everybody, you do not, not go out and buy my new album. Or <laughs> right, do, exactly. Everybody, don't. 2007's uh, The Ultimate Hits. 
do not buy that. Do not buy right. the ultimate hits. Everybody, yeah. don't buy the ultimate hits yeah, on, on not, shelves now. Do not buy do it. Do not <laughs> dethrone the Beatles. So I'm really close to dethroning the Beatles, but you know what? I'm taking. I'm pulling all my shit off the shelves. None of it's for sale anymore. If you want it, you know, just pirate it or something. I'm not dethroning the Beatles. <laughs> There's a way to do it. Yeah. So you're you're probably alone in that. So. <laughs> oh man. I know, no, right? Don't say that. Don't say that. Yeah. So, c- congrats to Garth Brooks. Uh, yeah, totally. Congrats to Garth Brooks. I mean, what a success story. Yes, Bazinga. You? Uh, I'm not. I'm not really a country person. Okay, me neither. Uh, your story. You have a story, sir. <laughs> I do. So, I used to live in the East Bay, and um, one of my discoveries uh, was this record store. Um, Many of you know that live in the Bay Area or maybe have visited the East Bay is called Amoeba Music. And uh, Amoeba Music is wonderful for a lot of reasons. Um, one, it's nice and big. They've got an awesome culture. And they sell lots of vinyl. Um, and let's see. There are three of them. I didn't know that. There were three of them. Um, they're all here in California. There's one in San Francisco. So we've got yep. Berkeley, two in Berkeley. I don't know. One in San Francisco. Um, apparently got a license to sell marijuana. Isn't that great? I mean, I was just talking about the amoeba culture. You know, I, I feel like I feel like there's a, there was a suggestion box um, and people kept on putting in, you know, oh, I love this place. The only thing that could ever make it better was if you guys sell, sold joints. And I feel like there were so many, you know, comments about that that they were like, okay, let's just get our medical, or not medical, or whatever. I don't know how they're doing it, but let's get our, let's sell pot at our store. Yes. The third amoeba is in Hollywood, by the way. There's Berkeley, Hollywood. San Francisco, and then Hollywood. Gotcha. So this is um, happening at which one of these three stores? It is in Berkeley. Okay. So leading uh, Berkeley. So the San Francisco store has had a marijuana license since 2014. So it looks like Berkeley is now catching up. Um, it's the way to go, Jens. It's the way to go. Uh, the Los Angeles store doesn't have it. In fact, they might close. Oh, that's wah, sad. Wah, wah. You see, I think they would probably be a lot more successful if they just started selling marijuana. They need to get on so, that bandwagon. Yeah, so I don't know how they are doing this. I mean, it's not legal here in California yet, unless, of course, you have a medical marijuana license and you can get it. I guess but, they get a dispensary uh, license, right? And, but... But the question is, uh, I mean, because from my understanding, and I am by no means an expert, uh, but the places that do that, like, you can't go in unless you have a license. And But right. but this is a record store, and kids and everybody else should be able to go in there, right? I guess so. So maybe they have a little, maybe they had two bathrooms or something, and they converted one bathroom to a uh, dispensary, and you have to, you know, flash your medical marijuana card to get in. Come into my office. Oh, don't mind the toilet. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, that's. I think that was a um, you know interesting story and a, an innovative way to, um, you know, bring aspects of a certain culture together under one roof. Exactly. Um, next story I have, Jens, is um, that uh, police in California are reporting that 30 people were arrested on the opening day of OzFest meets Nos- Not Fest 
uh, Ozfest means not fest, like as in Slipknot. Uh, that okay. was a mouthful. Um, I don't really know what that is, but it sounds like I can believe that that happened. It's uh, so it's uh, Ozfest. Uh, I think it might be the. I don't know if it's the last year for Ozfest. It, it, it might continue on, um, but it's Ozzy Osbourne's festival mixed with Slipknot's festival that they're doing. They kind of join forces uh, together and. Uh, San Bernardino County Sheriff's Department says that most of the arrests uh, in the uh, amphitheater uh, were alcohol-related, and the 10 people were taken to the hospital for a variety of medical complaints. So uh, people be drinking at OzFest, Jens. Unheard of. Right. Yes, lots of people be uh, drinking heavily. That's all they were doing, just drinking? I, that's what they say most of them were for. So they. I'm, I'm imagining people doing lines and, and all sorts of things at OzFest. Apparently the second day of the festival, they were down to 17 uh, arrests. So they, they had a reduction then. Between two days, over 45 arrests. Holy shit. Okay, I'm spacing out. And the arrests were for what? Drinking, Jens. Have you been drinking? That's, that's it? Have you been drinking, not, Jens? Not from... I have been drinking. <laughs> I hope I don't get arrested, but I'm not at OzFest, so it should be okay. But wait a minute. So they just got arrested for what? Open container or being too heavily riots? Being too heavily intoxicated? Maybe I don't know. Who knows what they were Public doing? Public intoxication. I, yeah. You know, I, I don't have all the information here, Jens. Let me, I thought you did, man. I, I know, right? Well, let me let me see if I can get some more information on on that. That's. Uh, well, you research that, and I can go into my story. Okay. Yeah. That. That. Actually, that's all the information. That's. That's all there is. Okay. I see. All right. We'll close that on that. Probably t- public intoxication. That would make sense. But I mean, they should give people at Ozfest a break. You know, they should get a pass. Give them a break. They're at right. Ozfest. Just like the Beatles. Give them a break, man. Yeah. Your turn. Hit me with a story. Okay. So I've got some news for you guys about the Eagles. The Eagles, they may, may not, but maybe they may play again, according to Don Henley. So this is the deal with the Eagles. Um, So they had already said that they would not play any longer. Um, Don Henley has revealed the circumstances where he could see the band reunite to play together again. Um, But the issue is, of course, that... uh, key band member Glenn Fry has passed away, right? Yep. But um, Henley expressed that the surviving members uh, do a tribute performance at the Grammy Awards. Or they did a, I'm sorry, they did a tribute performance at the Grammy Awards and it featured Jackson Brown. Um, And that was the final time that the uh, group, you know, took the stage together. But now Henley is telling the Montreal, talking about Canada Gazette, um, quote, at some point in the future, we might work our way around to that. You know, Glenn has a son who can sing and play quite well. And one of the only things that would make sense to me is if it were his son. That's yeah. huge. So, so yeah. So, And this is kind of a way of some of those classic bands. When people die off, they bring the kid in, I guess, because they feel this allegiance to... The kid, the kid, and the kid actually turns out to be a really good musician. Is I mean, mm. li- growing up in uh, the the you know with that kind of 
that presence, right? I mean, you. Yeah. Um, I guess it, it kind of helps build a lot of that interest and uh, passion for uh, for music, and then they end up being in a spot where they they can potentially take the spot of their their folks. So, yeah. I mean, just imagine like the the Rolling Stones in you know ten years being being all, just all their kids instead, and it's uh, going to be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Mini Mick and Stones, whatever. The... You know, all those bands, U2. Right. Bono <laughs> Jr. <laughs> yeah. Uh, gosh. Um, the list goes on and on and on and on. Yeah. So that's, um, that's one way to do it. So Yeah. So the article kind of closes. So with, you know, Jackson Brown, uh, Henley says we could do songs like Take It Easy and a couple of other songs. But um, the only way that he could seriously consider any kind of reunion would be uh, with... Uh, Glenn's son, so his name's Deacon. Good luck, Deacon. All right, Deacon. Um, fingers crossed for you. Uh, the Eagles, they're one of those bands that I never had the privilege of seeing, um, and I would definitely make an effort to go um, if they would, you know, if they reunite. Yeah, you dig that. Um, have you? Are you familiar with the band MGMT, Jens? Oh, my God, MGMT. No. Wow. Is that bad? Is that bad? Yens, you live in is a cave. As, is that as bad as not knowing the Beatles? Yeah, uh, it's pretty close. Uh, no. <laughs> uh, no. Okay, uh, okay. I'll hang no, uh, my head. Follow up to, uh, to last week's episode uh, where we were uh, soliciting for a new co-host. Uh, the interviews are currently taking place, and we'll, uh, we should have uh, someone uh, chosen by the next episode. <laughs> I, I wish you guys could see me right now. I'm sweating bullets. I've got to start... Um, you know, I guess apparently reading more music news uh, during the week when we're not podcasting together, Steve, just so I can be in the know. You've never heard this? Oh, uh, I know those guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's the name of the band again? MGMT. You see, I know these songs. I just don't know who, you know, the artist is behind them necessarily. This is MGMT. That's our hit song, Kids. Uh, yeah, I, t- I totally know that. See, I know them. Yeah, well, they've promised that they'll return with new music in 2017, um, and it's a it's a duo uh, led um, led by Andrew Van uh, Wingarden and Benjamin Goldwasser. Uh, they haven't released an album since 2013's MGMT, uh, which followed their first two records, uh, Oracular, Spectacular, and Congratulations. Um, it had been thought that MGMT would release new music this year after their official Twitter account declared on Christmas Day 2015 that 2016 is the year MGMT redominates your mind hole. So, oh, my God. And you know what? I was just thinking last night, right before I went to bed, I really need my mind hole redominated. You were thinking that, yes. And yeah, that's I needed what... my mind hole redominated. Like, my mind hole hasn't been dominated since, you know, last time these guys came out with an album right which you don't even remember (laughs) which i don't even remember but i remember listening to their music and ever since then my mind hole has been just you know terribly lonely yeah over in it Need some love. Yeah, and in a new tweet, it would appear that the band have had to reschedule their plans for dominance. Uh, meant to say MGMT redominates your mind hole in 2017, read the tweet, which you can read along with three other tweets pertaining, uh, pertaining to to that. Uh, they, they said hogwash, uh, all of it. Um, I don't know. They're just pretty much saying that uh, 2017, they're, they're pushing it back a little bit, right? So. Right, right. Well, um, it'll be good to hear their music again. Yeah, yeah. And and now I can associate, you know, an actual name with um you know, 
with that song yes right great job uh you have one more story for us Jens, and then i have one more and we'll wind this baby up sounds good this is a short one short and sweet um the Backstreet Boys, I know the Backstreet Boys, so don't laugh. Yes, of course you I know do. The Backstreet Boys. <laughs> um, so James Corden performs with Backstreet Boys, vows to bring back boy bands. So he's made a commitment to bring back boy bands, and which we're all so incredibly thankful for. Thanks, James. Yes, thank you, because we don't have enough boy bands, and we need more boy bands. So I just want to thank you very much, uh, James Corden, for more boy bands. Because if it's just, you know, Bieber and no one really else, you know, that's kind of a lonely thing. Wah, wah. Yeah. So, so okay, so this is, this is the quote, right? So I'm talking about the cute one, the funny one, the nice one, the other one, and the maverick who refused to play by the rules said the late, late show host. Yes. So he had Backstreet Boys on his show, I guess, and and played with them, and, uh, and now he's trying to bring boy bands back. I thought, like, American Idol and stuff uh, were supposed to do that. You, you think so, right? Like, I mean, that's how One Direction were formed. And, yeah, um, which I always confuse with One Republic, and I really wish those two bands would get together and rename themselves to less confusing names. They should work on that, right? Because they're too similar. Yeah, right? yeah. You're you're confused when you saw One Republic and like you were expecting One Direction. Yeah, I'm like I don't like I didn't want to listen to this stuff. What what concert am I at? So, um, but I don't know. I mean, maybe he's saying this because I think uh, didn't the last season come and go of American Idol? I mean, maybe uh, he's yeah, now I think that's putting done. it upon his shoulders to bring back, you know, um, boy bands. Yeah, uh, well, have fun with that. Um, I'll be not there, so. Yeah, I'll miss all of those. Yeah, so I'll be happy. To, I'll be happy not to know what it is. Enjoy, James. Um, one last story for you, and it's uh, about my, one of my favorite musical artists, Andrew McMahon in the Wilderness. Um, his new video for Fire Escape is out. Have you seen it, Jens? Fire Escape? Yes. No. You have not. Okay. Am I missing out? Check out his new video, out. Fire Escape. Um, yeah, it's a it's a pretty cool video. It's got a good story to it. Um, and, um, and he's, he's finalizing his sophomore album as Andrew McMahon in the wilderness, um, and, and did an interview with billboard uh, about that and kind of what to expect. Uh, you should be expecting the new album early next year, probably January or February timeframe, um, with pre-orders, um, around Christmas, um, Thanksgiving, you know, somewhere around there. Um, he was also asked, you know, about possibilities of a something corporate reunion or Jack's mannequin. And he's, uh, he, he said, uh, that, um, doing a victory lap on old music can become danger, a dangerous thing to do. Um, he doesn't like going down that road. We're both kind of uh fortunate to get to see uh jack's mannequins uh 10th anniversary of their everything in transit album um uh, that was awesome he he did those shows and that was only a handful of shows that he did getting the band back together and and they did uh everything in transit beginning to end that uh, was great i mean not just the music but the the, the audience uh, you know the crowd participation the energy i mean they they i mean true fans holy shit true fans that was um that was, you know, that was a great experience to, to be involved in all of that. Um, 
nostalgia too because they've been around for so long right yeah yeah and so it was a unique opportunity and he talks in this article a little bit about that um and why kind of he did that when that i mean that album holds a really special place in his heart um and is really personal uh, and he didn't really get a chance to tour it um when it came out because he was diagnosed with cancer so this is kind of a uh you know, it was a thank you for, to his fans and kind of an opportunity for him to feel like they've supported that album. You know, maybe they'll come back. Who knows? Maybe they'll come back and do it again in 10 years, but it's not something he's going to keep cashing in on. And not. And same with something corporate. You know, the odds of us seeing something corporate again, um, pretty unlikely. But but never say never, really, right? He's doing pretty well for himself. He's uh, uh, obviously had the Cecilia song, Cecilia and the Satellite, um, that... Uh, that really helped his career explode that, um, over this past year or so. Yeah, yeah, even made it into a movie. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's I think you hit the nail on the head there, Steve. It's like you, at the show, I felt even, you know, even since I wasn't, uh, even since I didn't know about him, you know, 10 years ago, I felt like there's something going on at this concert. There's some vibe that's just huge. You know, and I I uh, was educated enough when I, before I went in there to know you know about the history, and and it was very clear that his fans appreciated him so much. You know, not just for playing this, but for being alive and um, for appreciating them and all that. Yeah, yeah, it was. I mean, a really remarkable show. I was really you know, it was vindicating for me to be at that show. So uh, I'd seen him obviously a number of times, but that show was really something special. Um, and so. Uh, so yeah, so you can check out that article on billboard.com if you want to read more about it. But, um, and if you haven't listened to Andrew McMahon, definitely do one, again, one of my favorite artists, really a hard working, um, guy and has been in the business for a long time and, um, cool to kind of keep tabs on him over the years. So, um, that's, uh, I think that's our show for today. Jens. Sounds good. Number 118, wrapping it up in the bag. How do people get a hold of us, Steve? Well, they can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and uh, Periscope at... Really, you still haven't gotten it yet, Jens. Oh I'm my still God. working on those... Uh, at Concert Pipeline. Good God. At Concert Pipeline, yes. Yes. Uh-huh. And, then, and then on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Concert Pipeline pod. Right. Pod. Exactly. Pod. Pod. <laughs> Uh, check us out. Yes. Check us out. I'm still working on those marketing cards. You're doing great, I'm sure. I'm doing so. really well. Yeah, I'll have them done pretty soon. Uh-huh. I'm thinking, you know, they'll be ready to go by 2017. Yeah. That's, got, that's a Yen's uh, commitment there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so we're going to play us out with one more song. Before we do, let me tell you who we got um, on the podcast next week. That is Rick Vito Yens. He's, uh, he was in uh, a little band called Fleetwood Mac for four years. Um, and now he's playing with Mick Fleetwood Blues Band. They, were ju- they just came through the, the Bay Area, um, played in Napa and in uh, San Francisco. And uh, talk to him about, you know, his whole career. Uh, so we'll get to, get a chance to get into that next week on the on the podcast. Uh, really cool conversation with him. And, uh, yeah, definitely follow us. Uh, subscribe to the podcast if you uh, haven't yet. So you can uh, keep getting these great episodes and support that way. Um, for everyone here at Concert Pipeline, that's Jen Schiphol. And. That is Steve Jones. I'm going to play you out with one more song from Royal Canoe. This is Bicycle. I don't know what that means to play us out. What does that mean? To end the show? Yeah. Yeah. 
All right, go, go. In five, four, three. Thank you. 